Hello and welcome. I'm Haley and this is Thoughts on Being Human. In today's episode, I want to discuss something I believe is crucial in creating healthy relationships with others and most importantly, with ourselves. So let's dive right in. I want to start today's episode by going through the five love languages, not so much in the context of romantic relationships, but to our relationship with ourself. So whether you're currently single or dating or in a relationship, this discussion will be of value to you. The main reason I wanted to cover this topic wasn't to deepen connection with our partners, friends, and family members but to instead better understand where our love languages came from. Usually the love that we did not receive as a child becomes the way in which we want to be loved in our relationships. Where our inner love tank was not filled by our parents, we'll oftentimes spend the rest of our life seeking others to fill that part of our love tank that never got filled. So before we get into that, Let's just briefly go over the five love languages from Gary Chapman's book. If you've read it before, great. If not, no worries. This will lay the foundation for our further discussion. Now, each of these love languages has two contexts, how we feel loved and how we express love. Most of the time, we'll have different ways in which our love tank gets filled and how we fill the love tank of others. So as we're going through these five, make a note of which ones you do to show someone you love them and which ones leave you feeling loved. So the first love language is words of affirmation. This would include phrases like, I love you. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. You're my soulmate. If these either fill your love tank when you hear them or are what you feel drawn to saying when you feel that deep, warm love for someone, then words of affirmation is definitely your love language. If these words influence a person in a positive way, either spoken or written, if they uplift, emphasize, or support someone, words of affirmation is definitely their love language. People with this love language believe words really matter, and it helps them to express how they feel inside. If someone says, you're so special to me, and it makes you feel secure, loved, and appreciated, this is your love language. If you show your love for someone through complimenting them, sending sweet text messages, or writing just how much you care about them in their birthday card, then words of affirmation is how you express love. For myself, this is definitely a way in which I express and receive love. In both cases, I feel calm and content and more connected to that person. The second love language is acts of service. Seemingly opposite to the one we just discussed, in this love language, actions speak louder than words. This may look like cooking someone a meal, filling up their gas tank, taking the kids to leave your partner some time to relax, or taking out the garbage. If you find yourself inclined to do things that will make someone else's life easier, then acts of service is most definitely your love language. If you come home from work and your partner has cleaned the house, bought groceries, and cooked dinner, 
and this leaves you filled with a deep sense of peace and compassion and security, this is definitely how you receive love and feel loved. It's less so much about the deed or action itself, but more about showing that we're on the same team. It means I'm willing to sacrifice my own time for your benefit. And in the process, I feel fulfilled in expressing my love. Even if it's mundane household chores or general adulting responsibilities, acts of service is a beautiful way to feel loved and to show just how much you care about your partner's well-being. When Jamie and I started dating, I struggled with receiving this love language from him because I was an independent woman who did everything herself and I didn't want to inconvenience him. But over time, I began to realize that doing things for me was how he expressed his love and I learned to allow him that expression and in the process, he felt much more secure in himself and the relationship. The third love language is giving and receiving gifts. Now, these don't have to be expensive or over the top, but it's an item that demonstrates your love or makes you feel loved. It can be a tiny trinket from a thrift store or a gold watch. It's not the extravagance of the item that dictates the level of love. It is simply the act of giving it that expresses the love. It's the sentimentality of the gift giving that makes someone feel special. And if this is your love language, you may cherish the gift, however small, for months or even years after you've received it. The element of gift giving that also makes it special is the thought that went into it. For example, if you mention a magazine you love and your partner goes and buys you a subscription to that magazine, or you see something you really like while out shopping and your partner goes back to get it for you the next day, these are clear indications that your partner is listening to you and feels a desire to express their love through gift giving. These gifts or surprises are reminders that you're on their mind even when you're not together. All right, the fourth love language is quality time. And let me make this clear. Sitting beside each other while watching Netflix or being on your phone is not quality time. Quality time is giving someone your undivided attention, being fully present with your partner. If this makes you feel deep connection and love, or if this is what you feel drawn to do when you love someone, then it's likely quality time is one of your love languages. This can look like uninterrupted time simply talking or a dedicated phone-free date night for just you two. It's crucial that you're truly 100% present with your partner. No distractions or multitasking while you're spending time together is key in this love language, which I feel is becoming increasingly challenging in our modern day life. So whether it's your partner or a friend who has this love language, intentionally setting aside time for them will make them feel important. Just being in close proximity to one another while doing something else does not constitute as quality time and can leave those with this love language feeling disconnected, empty, and alone. The fifth love language is physical touch, and this is not all about sex. It refers to hugs, a hand on the back, a shoulder squeeze, or a kiss on the forehead. If this is how you feel loved, you prefer physical expressions of love over verbal compliments or gifts. A great example of this love language is cuddling. It releases oxytocin, which is a feel-good hormone, it strengthens bonding in the relationship, and as an added bonus, it boosts your immune system. If you feel drawn to express your love through physical touch, 
but you're in a long distance relationship, things can be a little harder, but it's important to include video chats with eye contact and undivided attention. Turn off your TV, use inviting body language to show that you're physically with someone. Blowing kisses, talking about touching each other, or even sending them a sweatshirt that smells like you or a stuffed animal they can cuddle. Our imagination is a powerful tool that can help immensely if you feel loved through physical touch, but are not physically with your partner. Okay, so now that we've gone over all the love languages, let's get into today's discussion. As I said earlier, I didn't want to dive into this topic as a way to strengthen relationships with others, but instead as a way to learn more about ourselves and highlight the areas that we may need to heal. This can ultimately provide us with a new way to connect with and love ourselves. In my relationships, I've always needed a huge amount of affirmation, both through words and physical touch. I just assumed my partners weren't giving me enough when in reality, I was lacking something inside of me that meant I needed more externally. I started to wonder where this need came from and it led me back to my childhood. I realized that growing up, I felt loved through words of affirmation, but did not receive that from my parents because they expressed love through acts of service and quality time. So essentially, even though my parents did love me, I felt unloved. My love tank was never full, and as I grew up, I looked to my romantic partners to fill this tank. Even when I did receive this affirmation, my tank would fill a bit, but I would need more, and no matter what, my tank never felt full. So what was happening? The key to this problem lay in doing some inner child work. This concept stems from the idea that within each of us, there's a small child who requires love and attention. If this child was neglected or traumatized in some way, which we all were, then it will need extra safety, care, and attention in order to feel loved. Now, you may be thinking, I was never neglected or experienced trauma in my childhood, but the truth is we all did. We all felt moments where we weren't good enough, where we weren't loved, where we didn't feel safe. And these moments have an impact on that inner child inside of us, even if we're full-grown adults. If it helps for visualization, this inner child is not a literal child. It is the metaphorical little you, the part of you that's still childlike, innocent, and full of wonder. As I started to connect to little Haley, I realized all she wanted was to feel loved, to be held and told that everything is going to be okay. But instead of searching for those needs externally, I turned my attention towards myself and asked, how can I love my inner child? How can I provide positive affirmation to this childlike part of myself? And this is where things got interesting. As I started to fill my own inner child love tank, I found myself needing less affirmation from my partner. This experience was so profound for me through understanding my unhealed wounds and the needs that were not met for me when I was a child, I could actually improve my relationship with others. So wait, how does this tie back to the love languages? Ultimately, your love language, how you feel loved, what you need to feel connected, safe, and special is usually what you did not receive enough of as a kid. 
As a result, we seek this in our romantic relationships later in life in an attempt to fill our love tank that was never filled in our childhood. The ironic thing is, we cannot completely fill these tanks with the love we receive from others. It can only be truly filled by loving that inner child ourselves. Now, this isn't to say that you won't feel loved and special when someone expresses love towards you. You definitely will, but you won't be reliant on it. It'll be an added bonus in your tank, something that leaves your tank brimming over the rim or maybe even overflowing a bit. Can you imagine? So how can we connect to this inner child of ours? The first step is recognizing and accepting things that caused you pain in childhood. We can do this through journaling, counseling, or a guided meditation. Bringing these hurts to light can help us understand their impact on us and what the inner child is lacking. It can sometimes help to have a conversation with your inner child. This may look like closing your eyes, taking five deep breaths, and visualizing your younger self. Imagine physically meeting your younger self as your older self right now. Connect with this little you. Have a conversation. Ask questions. Pay attention to the feelings that enter. After talking, give your young self a big hug and tell them that you love them. Another way to connect with your inner child is to write a letter to your young self. You can offer messages of reassurance and comfort or explain why your parents are the way they are from trauma in their childhood or why your brother always shouted at you and smashed your toys because he was bullied at school and that's how he released his rage. You can write questions like, how can I support you? What do you need from me? The answers to these questions may take some time before your inner child feels safe enough to trust you, so be patient and keep asking. Mantras like, I'm worthy of love. I am whole. My experiences are valid. My feelings are valid. I'm doing a beautiful job with my healing work. I am safe. I am worthy and I am unconditionally loved can help you connect with and make that inner child feel loved and safe. Once you have connected to your inner child, it may help to do a loving kindness meditation to send love to your child self. If you're struggling to connect to this younger self, invite some relaxation and playfulness into your life. Get back in touch with your playful side. Make some time for fun. Enjoy the simple pleasures that leave you feeling lighthearted and that warm, positive feeling of youth. In entering into this childlike sense of wonder and curiosity, it may invite your inner child to come forth and reveal his or her needs more clearly. By learning to nurture your inner child, you can validate your own needs and provide yourself that love you are so desperately seeking from others. As we increase our self-love, our tanks will fill and will ironically need less from others in order to feel loved, supported, and important. The first step is identifying your love language. Once we do that, we can connect to our young self and uncover what we lacked in our childhood. Only through doing this can we begin to understand how to fill our own love tanks. Depending on your love language, this could look very different. It could be writing positive words of affirmation and taping them to your mirror, or going out and buying yourself a beautiful dress or pair of shoes you've been eyeing for weeks. It could be taking yourself out on a date to a new cafe or restaurant. 
It could mean getting a bouquet of flowers for yourself or taking the day off to go for a bike ride and read in the park or listen to an inspiring podcast. So get in tune with what your love tank needs in order to fill it and do those things yourself. Not only will you feel more loved, you'll feel more connected to your partner and you'll have more love to give to others. Dr. Chapman notes in his book that at the heart of mankind's existence is the desire to be intimate and to be loved. We all need love for maintaining a strong sense of emotional well-being. So why don't we provide ourselves with a large portion of this love instead of relying on others? There is great power in keeping your love tank full, and I truly believe it is key to creating rich and fulfilling relationships, partnerships, and engagements with others. As Rumi famously quoted, we're seeking what is seeking us. Everything you're searching for is already within you. The love that we're seeking lies ultimately not outside of us, but within ourselves. It lies in connecting to that vulnerable inner child, in giving it reassurance, comfort, validation, permission, and love. Providing ourselves with these things is not only the ultimate form of liberation, but in a culture that promotes and perpetuates the story that one's value and worth comes from the external world, it is the ultimate form of rebellion. As Caroline Caldwell writes, in a society that profits from your self-doubt, liking yourself is a rebellious act. So let's commit to creating a world where human beings feel deeply connected to and centered in themselves. A world where human beings feel confident in themselves and their worth. A world where we love ourselves so deeply that we are fearless in our pursuit of life. So the next time you feel yourself in need of love, Turn your attention not outwards, but inwards. We are capable of providing ourselves the kind of love we seek from others. Every single person I treat has the desire to be loved and feel loved. Unfortunately, for those that seek this love from external sources, I see them struggle with self-doubt, low confidence, indecision, and limiting self-beliefs. It's those who look towards themselves for love that will ultimately feel a deep sense of self-worth, safety, and security, no matter what happens in the world around them. These individuals are also less susceptible to negative thought patterns and spirals. So ask yourself, when was the last time I did something to fill my own love tank? If you never have or it's been a while, commit to giving yourself that love that will leave you feeling special, whole, and complete. Thank you so much for listening to episode four. I'm confident that we can all start to rely less heavily on external sources for love and instead provide ourselves with intrinsic love. I'm Haley, and those are my thoughts on being human. See you next week.